Hey guys, thanks for joining us for Bridge Men as we break into small groups and talk about what it means to continue to become and to grow in Christ. And in this series, we're really talking about what it means to become a man of God. And we throw that phrase around a lot, a man of God. What does it mean to be a man of God? It means to be a man whose character and lifestyle represents God, his word, and his kingdom in our world. And at our kickoff session, we introduce this to you. This term, we're going to be looking at 1 Timothy. There's just six short chapters, and we encourage you to read all of it. But we're going to break it into pieces. And in this session, we're going to talk about what it means to be faith-filled. At our kickoff, we talked about what it means to be faithful and develop a track record. But in this session, we're going to talk about what it means to be faith-filled as a man of God. And the entire series that we're doing is really about being and becoming what God wants us to be, being what we are and being more of what God wants us to be. And let me give you a quick illustration of that. Let's just imagine there's a young man in your group, and we start talking in just conversation. You ask this young man, uh, what are you going to do with your life? And he says, you know, I decided today I'm going to be a doctor. So you say, okay, uh, what's your plan? Well, I'm going to rent a building next week. I'm going to get a sign to hang on it. And then week after next, I'm going to start seeing people. I'm going to be a doctor. You don't just be a doctor. You become a doctor. And, you know, doctors are continuing their education all the years they're in practice. It's the same with following Jesus. We're always growing, always learning. So no matter who you are, what you are, there's more that God wants you to learn, and there's more areas in which he wants you to grow. So tonight, Doug's going to kick off our conversation, and he's going to talk to us for a while, and I'm going to be interjecting along the way some thoughts about being a faith-filled man of God. Yeah, thanks, Gary. And one of the things that's really important for us to understand, guys, as we're dealing with this, is, is a very subtle but essential truth, that there is a difference between being and becoming. And so many times in churches and in our social life, and as Christians, as men, we, we have this challenge, if you will, to be something. And when we aren't that something, we're not being that something, the problem comes down to the guilt and frustration and stress because we aren't the doctor yet. And what we're trying to, to make it clear through this series as we go forward is the simple fact that it's not about so much being as much as becoming, becoming something more. And, but there's a process to that. There's a beginning, uh, a middle, and an end. And we're going to try to walk you through that whole process. When I think of this, I think of, of the old illustration of, and many of you have maybe experienced this, uh, of, of cli the, the climbing a ladder your entire life. You're up there, you're climbing that ladder, you're doing the discipline, you're working hard and everything else, only to get to the top of the ladder and find out it was up against the wrong wall. <laughs> That's one of the things you want to avoid when it comes to your relationship with God. We are going to try to become, we want to walk that ladder up to become something, but we want to make sure that that something we're becoming is exactly what God wanted us to become. Yeah. So there's a couple of things we're going to look at today real quickly. First of all, we want to build on something. In 1 Timothy um, in chapter 1, Verse 3, he says, As I urged you, Paul talking to Timothy, when I was in Macedonia, remain in Ephesus, and this is that you may charge some that they teach no other doctrine, nor give heed to fables and endless genealogies which cause disputes rather than godly edification which is in faith. And in effect, 
there were people who were putting words in God's mouth as opposed to God putting words in theirs. And Paul was saying, don't let that happen. Don't put words in God's mouth. Let him put his word in yours. If you're going to have the right foundation, you've got to have the foundation on God's words, not what you think God said, but what God actually said. That is the foundation of the faith. That's the foundation upon which your ladder sits as you become what God put you on this earth to become. Which leads to the second thing, which is what I would call the function of faith. Um, Paul says in 1 Timothy 1.18, this charge, we just talked about the charge, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously make us in you, that by then you may what? It says right there, wage the good warfare. See, we don't put words in God's mouth. We let him put his words in ours so that we can be sure we're fighting for the right cause. Yeah. See, when David was facing Goliath and he was getting grief from his big brother about he, the fact that David was wondering, what, what's the deal, guys? Why aren't you going after this guy, this, this Philistine? And, um, and, and David said, is there not a cause? And, and gentlemen, that's something we have to ask ourselves. Is there not a cause in our life that is so important to us that we'd lose everything for it if necessary. For David, that cause was so important that he ran to the battle against Goliath and defeated the giant. But we have to make sure that cause we have for God in our life is such that it is actually the words of God in our mouth and not the other way around. And you know, Doug, if I can jump in here a second, it, it's great what you're talking about, the function of faith. A lot of people don't realize faith has a function. Faith isn't there to exist between your ears. Faith is to get so strong in your heart that you act on it, and then God uses that to work in your life. So I, I love it that, like with David, man, let your faith go to word. Let it function in your life. Yeah, we want to make sure you're fighting for that right cause. Yep. It has to, it has to come from the heart. I didn't mean to hit the microphone. Has, I meant the heart. It has to come from the heart. But it goes further what I would call the features of faith. In 1 Timothy 1.19, he says, having faith and a good conscience. That aspect there is that when we're not putting God, our words in God's mouth, but God's putting his words in our mouth so that we can be sure we're fighting and standing for the right cause that's worth everything to us, we only do that if we're secure that we're walking in harmony with God. It's important to us to understand that, the, that when it comes to the foundation that we're building on, it's the one God created, yeah. not the ones that we did. Very yes. And, you know, uh, talking about faith, we, we could spend, you know, a couple hours sitting here talking about faith. But in Hebrews 11, the writer says so strong, and I love it, that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And we cannot go through life as men of God thinking faith doesn't matter. Faith absolutely matters. Faith comes from hearing God's word and then me putting it to work in my life. And if we got God's word in our heart, we'll have our ladder up against the right wall. Yeah, so I think it's great. And we were talking, Gary, here about faith-filled. Yeah. There's a difference between faith-filled and being faithful. Faithful is awesome. We need to be faithful men. We need, our word needs to be our bond. That's, that's, that's awesome. But being faith-filled means what is God filling us with? Yeah. And we need to make sure it is that God is the doing the filling and not what our parents told us or what media has told us and, and what the world is telling us. And we have made some assumptions. That way we know that we're building on. Yeah. Yeah, and you know that you use the phrase in there right out of the scripture about having a good conscience. You know if you're really chasing after God. You know if you've got God's word in your heart. 
you know when you're flying by the seat of your pants or when you're following God's instructions. So get God's word in your heart and let it work. That's the way. That's where you start. The next thing, after you build and understand what you're building on, now it's obviously you're going up the ladder. You need to build up. First Timothy five uh, one verse five, uh, Paul says, "Now the purpose of this commandment, meaning the charge that he was giving to Timothy, the purpose of that commandment, is love." From a pure heart, meaning you know, kind of what you just I referred to, Gary. You got to know yeah. it's it's a it's a it's a purity of knowledge. It's and it, and we know, you know, our conscious bears witness. We know when we're off track and when we're <laughs> on track, and uh, we can try to do the gymnastics spiritually and everything else to figure that out otherwise. But the bottom line is, Paul was making this commandment out of love from a pure heart. He knew, yeah. he knew that for sure. It was a good conscience, and then it says from a sincere faith. Now let me talk about faith just briefly here. I don't know about you guys, but there are times when life gets really interesting for me. Um, I could talk, I could tell you stories about that, as we all can and such. And there are times I've got to get back to the fundamentals of faith. And for me, there's three things. I'm going to share them with you real briefly, and hopefully it'll help you when you get to those times like I get to. There are times I have to sit back and look at creation. When I'm I'm looking at life, and it is just not happening, and I'm frustrated, and I'm scared, and I'm, and I'm worried, and and I, I feel alone and those kinds of things, I force myself to sit back and look at creation. Now, I don't know about you guys. I never bought into the evolution thing. We're not going to get into that today. But but I, I I look at creation, and like David said, is, oh, my gosh, what is, you see the stars and the handiwork. And what is man? You know, it's so, so awesome. And I, the conclusion I draw from that, Gary, is there's a God. Yeah. There is a God that did all of that. But the next thing is, which God? There's all kinds of purported gods that we talk about in the world. Which one is the one we need to pay attention to? Then I look at, well, which is the one who prophesied things, who said things before they ever happened, who said things yep. hundreds and thousands of years many times before they actually occurred, but yet they did occur. When you look at just Jesus and the prophets, just a few prophecies about him, the odds for those coming true are off the charts. And so... When I look at creation, I see there is a God. When I look at prophecy, I see which God. And the third thing is, is then what did that God say? And from that God, I go to his word. And that word is upon which I build up my faith. Mm-hmm. And that is important to me to understand that that's my foundation I build it upon. Faith does not mean leaving your brain at the door, guys. Can I say that again? Faith does not mean leaving your brain at the door. There is everything absolutely reasonable about God, absolutely reasonable about everything we're seeing and everything his word says when you understand that he is God, yeah. when you understand that he is almighty, he's omnipotent, you understand all of those things, you don't have to leave your brain at the door to believe. God is very, very consistent that way. Yeah, and when you talk about not leaving your brain at the door, sometimes we have conversations with people, you and I have talked about this, there's faith and then there's foolishness. Yeah. And, you know, some people never take ventures of faith because they don't believe God's word. Some people do dumb things because they, in the name of faith because they don't know God's word. But see, real faith is based upon a promise that God has made in his word. When God says, I will do this, and you say, I believe that, and you start acting on it, God starts doing things in your life. When you're not putting words in God's mouth, but letting God put words in yours, yeah. your faith is solid. Yeah. But when you're putting words in God's mouth, it's not so soft. You're flying by the seat of your pants. Yeah, you sure are. 
Paul talked about here back once again in that same verse. He talked about commandments love from a pure heart, a good conscience from sincere faith. I want to take that reverse order because they all build up to the sincere faith. First of all, he says sincere faith. Since I gain quite a bit of sincerity when I make mistakes. <laughs> all of a sudden, I've screwed up and I've messed up and I've sinned or I whatever else, and I'm enduring the consequences of those decisions. I am sincerely interested in getting out of that. I am sincerely interested in dealing with that. And Paul talks about a couple of guys in, in 1 Timothy, uh, a guy named Hymenaeus and Alexander, who had he had to deliver to Satan. Why? That they may learn not to blaspheme. No. See, we learn from our mistakes. It's important that we do so. Because if we don't, he goes on in Hebrews, that I'm sorry, 1 Timothy, he says that some have rejected things concerning the faith, and if they don't learn from them, they suffer shipwreck. Yeah. Our mistakes can be our best teachers if we'll let them. Yep. But then beyond that, for when it comes to sincere faith, it comes to the tests that we endure. There are things that we go through in life that are not mistakes. We didn't cause them, but you know, maybe it's financial, maybe it's merit, maybe it's health. But there are tests that we have sometimes need to endure. And James says about those is that consider that joy. Yeah. You know, which seems weird. Yeah. But consider joy. Why? Because that test of your faith produces patience. Yeah. Which is essential. That faith that is routed in the patience that God is faithful and he is going to perform. But let me have you look at these tests a certain way, guys. Bible tells us that God will not allow anything to come our way that we can't handle. That's right. He will provide a way, yep. provide a way out. So look at these tests that you're dealing with right now. It could be your health, it could be your job, it could be your finances, any number of things. Look at those tests and look at them as God giving you a pat on the back. <laughs> he is saying to you, I, you got this. I have faith in you. I've got confidence in you. I wouldn't let this happen unless I knew without that doubt you could handle this. It is a, it is a, it is a, it's a compliment from God Almighty that says you can handle this. And guys, you can. You can. It is something that God has allowed so you can handle that. Brings that sincere faith, which leads to, which that sincere faith, which comes from a good conscience. We've talked about this. It's a purity. We understand it. It's an accurate self-assessment of our position or of rightness or lack thereof. Listen to it. Pastor Gary talks all the time. If you have a question about what's going on in life, follow the peace. Yep. That's the conscious speaking to you. Follow the peace. Well, that good conscience comes from a pure heart. Yep. Once again, it's an innocence. It's a following of the peace, and the, which comes from love. And that love there that's talked about is the agape love that God has for you and me. It all starts there. It started with God to you and me. It needs to come from us to others and to God as well. If we start there, we are able to build up from love to a pure heart through to a good conscience to a sincere faith. And when we get to the top of that ladder, it's going to be right against the right wall. Yeah. And I, I, I love talking about faith. We could talk for hours and hours. But one of the things that I think a lot of guys don't understand is faith is for problems and challenges of life. If we never had problems and challenges, we wouldn't need faith. Why would we need it? And you know, sometimes like you were talking about trials a few moments ago, Jesus said in this world, you're going to have tribulation, which in the original writings means pressure. Well, 
every man listening to this has got some kind of pressure in his life, maybe three or four pressures. And in these moments of pressures, that's when we need to go to God's Word and say, okay, what does God say about this? Because if I grab what God says and I apply it to my life, it's going to help me deal with these pressures. And before long, I'm going to go through this or God's going to blow it out of my way. Something's going to happen. But however it happens, I'm going to stand in faith and let God be big. He says right after that, the fear not. Yep. But fear, you're going to face these things, but fear not. Fear not. Fear not. You know, we you share some great things about faith. And uh, I'm just going to turn it back to your group leader right now because we want you to talk about what we've been teaching the last few minutes. you got some discussion questions, you're going to talk about it. Then later on, going to pray for every guy in the group what's going on in your world that God will encourage you in your faith. So go ahead and listen to your group leaders now.